Are you sick of major sports networks bashing athletes to help their bottom line? Do you want reliable information on sporting events and controversies? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Pound Perspective, presented by Nate Dog Sports, a podcast based around discussions and debates about recent football, basketball, baseball, and MMA events. Now, here's your host, Nate Dog. And Red, welcome back to the Pound Perspective. You cannot forget about my co-host. Once again, we will fix that intro in the meantime. But yes, the Pound Perspective co-hosted by Nate Dog and Ethan Red Evans. What's up? What's up? Yes, my man's here, and we're ready to give y'all another NFL special today, y'all. We're gonna break down these teams' final cuts, uh, some just recent NFL news, and well. We're going to have a little mini favorite team prediction at the end of this thing. So, you want to stick around to hear about all that stuff. But let's get into this thing, man. You know, it's a, what, what less than two weeks to oh, the yeah. NFL freaking season, man? Like, how oh, much yeah. more excited could we be? The I, first I, game is what, the 8th? September exactly, 8th. exactly. And, I mean, you can't you can't be more excited about what we've got on tap for this NFL season when it comes to just, you know, teams playing certain teams and especially with these teams' final cuts. I mean, that's oh, all yeah. we've been hearing about these past few days is who's making a team, who's, who's leaving these teams, who's getting picked up by other teams. So going into this, we're just going to hit these team final cuts right on the head because uh, this first topic we got is your favorite team. And – I've I've heard about this explanation on ESPN now but when I was writing this down. I was curious, why does Dallas only have one quarterback on their depth chart, Dak Prescott? All right, so I haven't heard the explanation. Mm-hmm. I've just seen some stuff on Twitter. But yep. from what I can tell, it looks like basically they know, which as of right now, they have signed both of them back on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Yep. But – my thought process was, okay, at least one of them isn't going to get picked up. You sign them to the practice squad. Then you go, you know, I guess they didn't think any of them or either of them were, like, ready to be the complete number two. Mm-hmm. So maybe you go get another guy and keep them on the practice squad. Yeah. And then get another guy to be your number two. Yeah. It, that's very – pretty much broke it down perfectly. Yeah. It, it, ESPN, they came out uh, – I think it was – I can't remember. I think it was Todd McShay. Uh, it may have been someone else. Uh, he pretty much came out and said that Dallas is they're, – they're just maneuvering a roster here. At yeah. the end of the day, they're going to pick up one of these quarterbacks. Because um, you have to release them, and they have to pass waivers for you to then pick them up and put them on yep. the practice squad. Exactly. Exactly. And, and how they said it is because technically – I didn't throw this in there, but uh, technically they have two punters on the roster too. So it's like yeah. – it's like – they're, they have players that they will cut, but it was just a it was like like a roster move to just you know make sure that those players are available for y'all. So at the end of the day, it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Mike McCarthy and and Jerry Jones know what they're doing, you know. When they uh, come, uh, <laughs> that's debatable. <laughs> no, I can't that's hate can't hate your team like that, man. Can't hate your team. Man, I'm just being a realist. No, I, I really <laughs> think that Mike McCarthy has a chance this year. I I hate this. And you might disagree as a as a Dallas fan. I hate this narrative that Mike McCarthy is some just nobody. I mean, this guy's got a Super Bowl. I mean, there's quarterbacks and coaches that have Super Bowls that shouldn't have a Super Bowl. But I mean, this guy, you know, he he, he was one of the best coaches in the league when he was with Green Bay. Man, I just he's very professional. Like on paper, he fits a lot of the boxes. You know yep. what I mean? He's yep. 
he's a guy that at the end of the day you know is going to be ready for games, mm-hmm. show up on time. Yep. At least knows what he's doing. Yep. But he just is late game in game management. I understand that. It's so bad. Like ridiculously bad. Just like it's like he freezes like yep. multiple times and Jerry Jones, that's just I can't talk about him. <laughs> That's just a whole other podcast. Man, I ain't going to lie, and there's no disrespect to the great uh, Jerry Jones, but he did look a little rough on first take, man. Oh, I, man. he. I mean, he's getting older. He's getting like, older, man. He's almost 80 years old. I mean, he's still sharp as a tack when it comes to talking, but man was looking a little rough. And, and no disrespect, I, I, I like Jerry. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's time to, to you know, give that team uh, to someone else. Maybe you never, you never, He needs never to know. just be the owner. Yeah, exactly. May, may, maybe that's exactly – maybe you're on to something there, Red. Uh, but enough cowboy talk, you know. I don't want to bash your team too much. I think they're yes, actually. I re- I really respect your team. I think they're going to be a a contender this year, uh, with especially with uh, divisional rivals Eagles are in, in that division. And I'm just going to kind of jump just jump to the Eagles real quick here with their major trade, man. And as a Saints fan, this one hurt me. This one hurt me bad. Uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson traded the Eagles, man, for nothing. Yeah, for nothing. nothing. What was it again? It was a it was a fifth and a seventh or a. Uh, I think it was a seventh this year and a fifth next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty it's like, sure. It's like, dang man, I really thought he was more than worth more than that. What's what's your what's your thoughts, especially as he is an interdivisional rival now? Well, man, I think it's a great trade by the Eagles. Oh, hell honest. of a trade! Hell of a trade! I mean, you know, they needed some more secondary help and. It was a steal, man. Like, Gardner-Johnson isn't going to, you know, make or break their defense. Yep. But for what they gave up, that's a solid, solid uh, addition. Yeah, and to kind of just add on to that, it's, it's, it felt like that move for the Eagles was more about more – it was more about more than just production on a field. I, I, at the end of the day, CJ's going to bring a mentality to your team that very few players bring. I, I, my comparison, not on a field, but, like, when it comes to his intensity, I, I, I haven't seen no one like that since, like, Ray Lewis, man. Like, yeah. like, that guy was always ready to talk some shit. He was, oh, yeah. he was getting in your head. There was no way that, that you're, he's, he's going to. He's kind of like a Pat Bev. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that's beautiful comparison. Yeah. He's literally the Pat Bev of the NFL. Maybe he's a little bit more skilled than Pat Bev. But, you know, that, that's, he gets in those players' heads, man. Makes people think, you know, and. At the love end to the have him on your team. You yep. hate to play against exactly, him. exactly. Now that he, I'll, I'll have to play against the guy because I think we played them like week seventeen. The Saints. It's just like, oh god, that's gonna be a tough game. I, I hope he has no bad feelings for the Saints because I know these Saints fans are gonna miss him mightily. And, and to add to that, just want to make sure y'all know that the Eagles did waive Anthony Harris in that uh, move to land C.J. Gardner Johnson. So another safety on the market that could add some depth for a certain team out there with Anthony Harris, but uh. What about what about this old Alex Leatherwood thing though? It's like, you know, man was a top top wasn't he top ten pick from he was Alabama? Seventeen. I, I it's, like, it's still a first round pick from oh, Alabama, yeah. and and you know released. You don't release first round picks. That's a nasty thing to do. But he was picked up eventually by the Bears, so maybe the Bears got a little bit of a diamond in the rough. But what what do you think about that that release by the Raiders? Well. I just want to say for the Bears, they definitely didn't get worse. Yep. It's not like he's worse than <laughs> anything they have. Um. Yeah, man, he just 
which I want to say at the time he was taken 17th overall, people felt that was a big reach. Like, yep. I remember listening to podcasts and everything. They were saying Dallas had him on their target list for the second round. It's like, so I was surprised he even got taken first round. But, man, I know they got a new coach and everything and, you know, cleaned a lot of house. But, man, to be a 17th overall pick and get released the next year, that's, that's just embarrassing. That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, what? Like, you know, I think he's a bust, but he – He's still so young in his career, man. Who knows? He could go to Chicago and at least be a decent backup. If he's average yeah. for six, seven years, then I mean, he's done his job. That's what I'm saying. When you you rarely see these kids out of out come out of Alabama, especially offensive and defensive linemen, just yeah. just bust like this. Every, I mean, every now and then you're gonna find a player uh, in that stockpile of Alabama players that just don't pan out. But he was one of the ones I was kind of surprised about. You know, I was always kind of high on uh, Alex Leatherwood, especially in the draft. Uh, I knew what his grade was, you know, like you said, late first, uh, early second. Um, but uh, that one surprised me. Not after what I've seen when he done in the NFL, it didn't surprise me. I mean, the guy has yeah, had he, his. he definitely didn't do himself any favors. No, 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 he did not. But, uh, you know, Alex Leatherwood with the Bears, hopefully he can, uh, you know, figure that out and, you know, find a role in that team. Uh, and another kind of surprising move, especially just for me in general, um, it was for my interdivisional rival Falcons release, uh, Anthony Ferkser. And the detail that, that people need to understand in this is that they released Anthony Ferkser, a veteran tight end, yeah. over a new receiver, Jared Bernhardt. Is that yeah, Bernhardt, baby. Ber- Bernhardt, a converted lacrosse player turned quarterback turned receiver. Interesting player here, Yan. And it's just, you don't see that, but as a Saints fan, I love seeing that. I love seeing that a lacrosse player is uh, is more important than a backup blocking tight end. So how do you feel about that move for the Falcons? Dude, first of all, I just want to say Anthony Furkser, hate to be this guy. I really don't give a damn. Like, yep. Yep. at the end of the day, like, He'll probably play somewhere, but, like, that yep. doesn't really move the needle in either direction. It does not really. But, man, Jared freaking Bernhardt. <laughs> dude wins the national championship in lacrosse. Oh. And then, well, I don't know if he won the national championship or got voted. Like, I think he won the Heisman Who did he play with? Maryland. I, I think he won the this. Heisman of lacrosse. Oh, wow. I got to find this. I got to. Because I'm pretty sure they actually call it, like, the Heisman Trophy. Of lacrosse or something. I got it. Let's see. Heisman. Oh, my God. It's a thing, I think. And then he played one season at quarterback for Maryland, and I'm pretty sure they went undefeated. This dude is – if he, like, has a productive rookie season, this dude is a legend. Yeah. It's called the – I'm going to mess this up. Uh, The Tua Rotten Ward. Uh, okay. college lacrosse version of the Heisman Trophy. Pretty I got much. You. Uh, you, you were pretty much hit that on the nail. Yeah, made the 53-man roster. Crazy. Number 83. And, dude, what's crazy about him is, yeah, he's a receiver, but he only ran a 4-7. The dude isn't super athletic. <laughs> but when you watch him play, he's just – he's one of them guys, man. He reminds me of like a – like a – I guess kind of like a um, Braxton Berrios, maybe oh. like a – like a little worse, like a dude who's just kind of open, isn't really okay. super athletic, but okay. just kind of 
is reliable. He's to, got you know, a lot of raw open. skill. I like yeah, that. Yeah, he's just he's a little slippery, but he's okay. not really he's quicker than fast. I okay, guess. okay, that's an interesting little thing there. You know, I haven't watched too much tape on the guy. Uh, all I know is that I saw a report come in about how oh Jared is on the practice. I mean, on the the fifty three man roster over over Ferkser, and I was like, that's fine by me. That's fine by me. Oh yeah. Let's have this guy re- sit on the bench. You know, you may he may uh. You know, find his way as a as a player on the the Falcons at some point. But uh, you know that that was just one of those cool little things when it happens over the the cuts and stuff. There are certain players that uh that that make the team. Um, but uh, the move along one of the, one of my favorite trades of of this entire process. It's really technically not a part of the cuts, but it kind of ended up working out uh for the mm-hmm. for the Jaguars um when it came to the cuts. Uh, Lavisca Chenault Jr. traded to the Panthers. Interesting move. Uh, I, I'll just say this right now: is that going in the draft when he was a when he was a rookie, I really liked him. Uh, oh yeah. Obviously, his career has not played out how many of us thought uh, it would play out at, uh, going into uh, last season and stuff. But uh, I, I thought he was always just a just a solid player. Um, I think he came out of Colorado. I can't remember exactly. Um, where he came from, uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, but he 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 always, especially in the draft period, I just thought he was a good explosive, uh, just playmaker. I always thought yeah. he was just a decent playmaker. Um, when he was in college, just explosive. Uh, but he 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 was one of those guys that I just thought he was in a bad situation with the with the Jags. Um, Maybe he was uh, uh, in a better situation this year, but obviously they were probably not willing to uh, uh, to pay him. And I was right about that. Colorado, yeah. I thought it was from Colorado. Uh, maybe they just weren't able to pay him, or maybe he just didn't fit their system. But at the end of the day, the Panthers got themselves a, a really good number number three, I think, out there because apparently they're trying they're fielding uh, offers for uh, um, Terrence Marshall and. Um, uh, I forget. Maybe oh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, Terrence Marshall and another Robbie guy. Robbie Anderson. Rob, yep, that's it. Anderson. Robbie Anderson. That's exactly who it was. Uh, that's who they're fielding uh, trade offers for. So maybe Lavisca Chenault can bring some youth to that team. As, as I mean, he was he was on the team just a couple of years ago. He came into the 2020 draft. So, but oh, yeah. just to get to your point, what 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 do you think about that for the Panthers? Dude, I like I like Lavisca Chenault a lot. And- yeah. I mean, I even thought even if he was just going to be their number four receiver mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like he was – you didn't give up a lot, in my opinion, for like a really good number four. But, yeah, I think him and Shy Smith can honestly – Yeah, I like Shy too, yeah. I think they could fill in because I think they'll probably keep one of Terrence Marshall or Robbie Anderson. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Chenault or Shy Smith will easily be a good number three and. You know, there's really not much to say overall. Yep. You know, I feel like it was good for both sides because Jacksonville has a little bit more talent. Well, Carolina has more talent, but since they're trying to trade a guy, you know, yep. in Jacksonville, he was going to probably be the third slot guy. Mm-hmm. So Exactly. And I like that point a lot because at the end of the day, when you have a guy like that with the status like he has a first-round pick he, or second-round technically, um, you, you don't want that stash on your bench. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and the Panthers, just in general, even though they're a divisional rival, I have really, really enjoyed the moves they've made over the offseason. And, and at the end of the day, Baker, I don't think he has any excuses when it comes to to, 
to players mm-hmm. players to throw the ball to. And Matt um, Rule has no excuses. Well, dang right, he's exactly. Got a guy Matt Rule has a guy. He's got skilled players on the outside. Um, and, and when it comes to that trade with, between Robbie and Terrence, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to stick on Terrence on that one just for the youth. But uh, Robbie's an interesting player. I think Robbie honestly needs a fresh start again. Uh, the, he was good with the Jets. Didn't pan out as well with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he'd go to a certain team, like maybe even the Cowboys with y'all's little bit of depth if you issue at the receiving position. You know, maybe he'd be a solid yeah. forward once everyone's healthy, you know. Shoot, dude, I could see him going to freaking – Green Bay. I can see Green Bay would be nice. Uh, you know, maybe, well, not Detroit. What about Tennessee? They're doing a Josh Gordon, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. workout. I mean, Tennessee, that's pretty desperate. New England, New maybe. England, New England. Even though they don't really have cap space. But, yeah, yeah, I think you'll probably get more offers for Robbie Anderson. You will, yeah. But Terrence Marshall – I don't know. Well, you might get more offers for Marshall, but better offers for Anderson. Maybe. I that, feel maybe like that's there'll how be it works. three or four teams that'll want Robbie Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of teams are probably going to want him, but, you know, at the end of the day, both receivers good, uh, yeah. and we'll see how it all works out there and, and, and with the Panthers and stuff. Uh, one last thing, and the, the final cuts that I, I noticed that was interesting, uh, and I kind of forgot that he was on this team, uh, is that Logan Ryan. Mm-hmm. Former Patriot or former Titan. So I said Patriot, I guess, for a reason. I was jumping ahead of myself, <laughs> aka New England's Tom Brady's father, uh, when he picked him <laughs> off and ended his New England career, was released by the Buccaneers. You know, he was ended up being a teammate. I forgot all about that. Uh, you know, Logan Ryan was a weird player. You know, when he made that yeah. pick, he's like one of those guys, you know, like a like a Malcolm Butler, you know, had his one play and that was it. That yeah, was good it. old Peyton Hillis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You make the Madden cover once and that's it. Uh, but I, I just wanted to note, note that uh, for uh, Logan Ryan. Hopefully, and uh, hopefully he gets picked up by a, a team uh, out there. But uh, to to keep this thing going, we're gonna we're gonna give our respects uh, to Brian Robinson and the Commanders. Uh, first of all, Brian Robinson. You know, if you all watch the live stream, we made jokes, but at the end of the day. We're happy that he's good and back at the facility and back to work uh, um, and glad that you're healthy. Uh, and, and I just want to give the commanders for s- some respect for not cutting the guy, you know. Maybe it's because of his skill set. Uh, maybe that was the only reason they kept him. But Well, apparently he's supposed to be back, like, before the season. That's what I'm saying. So, it's like. So, and then I think he returned to the facility yesterday. He did, yeah. Yep. And he, he met up with everybody, and they all gave him uh, his love. So, you'd love to see that. And, uh Respect to the commanders for not cutting him, even though the circumstances that he was going through. Um, just wanted to highlight that for y'all out there. Um, but to uh, to to move to the the probably the probably the biggest ish news it's of like the biggest non big story. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like this is the best we got for y'all. It's Sorry. the biggest for a slow week. Yeah, for a slow week, exactly. This is this is the week before the week before you know NFL starts. But to to just get into it, Jimmy Garoppolo, new deal. Interesting deal to the point where it's just like, what are the freaking 49ers doing, man? I am so confused by the 49ers. It it hurts. It hurts me. Um, But uh, uh, to to simplify it, he will be the highest paid backup quarterback in the league. Uh, But when you see a deal like that, you question yourself, is this guy going to be the backup all year? Or will he come in at a certain time? You know, 49ers are doing okay, but. You know, Trey Lance is not doing good. Maybe you throw Jimmy back out there. You try and yeah. win some games. So, what do you think about this uh, this uh, signing for the 49ers and Jimmy? 
Well, I just want to say I really, really like Kyle Shanahan. Yep. So I'll always give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. But I don't hate it. I yep. think, you know, there might there probably wasn't a huge market mm-hmm. for Jimmy G at the end of the day. Like yep. I think maybe either there wasn't a big market or there was a market and he just might not have wanted to go to, you know, the Texans or the Seahawks. But, yeah, I think it'll be Trey's job to lose. And he made a good quote. I forgot who I saw it from. I think someone retweeted it was like a 49ers beat writer or something. Mm -hmm. But it was basically he was saying, like, I think it's great Jimmy's coming back. Like, I think he could do what I did for him last year. Okay. Basically, like, be ready in -hmm. case you get hurt. And, you know, you got a guy who at least knows the offense – can help you get ready, game plan, like, and it can be a little, you know, by week six if freaking Jacoby Brissett is hurt and the Browns are three and three or something, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Like, a, you know, you got to look into that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe he could go get traded away or sit a year and then go somewhere else, you know. Exactly. And at the end of the day, this shows true leadership by Jimmy. Um, and and also, I mean, when you look at, you know, the backup quarterbacks in the league, I mean, if you ask yourself, I think Jimmy is the ultimate backup quarterback. I mean, he's not going to lose you a game, but oh, yeah. he's definitely not going to win you a game with his skill. Um, you know, he sat behind Tom Brady for so, all those years and won championships and rings uh, as a backup. So I think the 49ers are very comfortable with this decision. You know, uh, 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 recent years, teams have really stockpiled in that backup quarterback position, specifically like the Saints. You know, yeah. when Drew Brees was at the end of his career. We, we knew we knew he had to have a backup quarterback because you didn't know if Drew was going to make it through a whole season. And that was the big thing about Drew's whole career is that he, at the end of the day, he was available. He was mm-hmm. not getting hurt. And then when you get older and stuff like that happens, you got to have a Teddy Bridgewater behind him. You had to have a Jameis Winston ready, a Taysom Hill ready. And and I think with the 49ers, I love this approach as they know that they can really do something special this year, I think. And, but they I have. Think, yeah, you got to see if Trey's the guy. Man. Exactly. You have to understand if if this dude is really that that guy that everyone thought he is. And, and, and Trey is, is – is, he has the ability to truly be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but you don't know it until you see it. So oh, yeah. it's smart to keep Jimmy on the bench just in case because Trey is also, you know, a, a dual threat. You never know what can happen mm-hmm. when you're running the football. Um, but I think it was a smart move by the uh, 49ers, and I, I think really, I've really kind of been high on the 49ers this year and, and what Kyle Shanahan's really done over there. But yeah, it's uh 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 with that we'll we'll, we'll keep this thing going to uh uh y'all if y'all watch the live stream uh CDM's favorite team uh has some some cornerback issues uh going down over there in Miami uh Byron Jones got put on the PUP list uh physically unable to perform list uh meaning he'll miss the first four games along with Xavier Howard who is actually still nursing an Achilles injury going into the season so he's probably gonna miss some time so how how do you feel about about Miami's secondary going into this season? Man, I actually think this is – I don't want to say a big story. It is a slow week, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it could be a big deal because, you know, Nick Needham, one mm-hmm. of their other corners, yep. he's coming off a wrist injury. He's day-to-day right there now. There you go. I'm sure he'll be fine by week one, but you never know. He could re-hurt it yep. in the game. And 
But, dude, so if you look at – so he's out the first four weeks, Byron Jones is. Mm-hmm. First four quarterbacks they play, Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. I think if they can go two and two. That's not bad. They can go two and two, then I think they could honestly have a really good season. But I think if they go one and three or don't start off good. That's going to be rough. That could honestly make or break the season. But Mm -hmm. if you look at when he comes back, Mm -hmm. they don't face really a hard quarterback again except for – Weeks 14, 15, 16, they play Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers. Besides that, I think the hardest one they play is maybe Mac Jones. Okay, well. Yeah, like again. So, so it's like, uh, yeah. But you do, you know, and that's a tough division. It's probably one of those tougher divisions in the in the, in the in the league. And I like how you kind of broke that down there. It's, it's. It's an interesting con. I mean, an interesting uh, thing that they're having to deal with over there in Miami with uh, the quarterback situation. I mean, corner, corner. I said corner, uh, cornerback situation and, and secondary overall. Because I mean, at the end of the day, hopefully Tua does what he does. But Miami is built on their defense. Oh yeah, I think we can all agree on that. And how great they played last year. They're kind of expecting them to just do that again. And when when you don't have a a reliable, healthy secondary, that, that can really hurt you. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just, you know, add to that. It's like, look at the Eagles. I mean, yeah. they have stockpiled secondary this semester. I mean, this year. Geez, I'm in school mode. <laughs> Good Lord, that's sad. Uh, and they, they've stockpiled, I mean, with CJ and, 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 and all the guys that they've landed over the offseason. So it, you, you hate to see that for Miami because I was kind of high on Miami. I was hoping that they could pull some things off, and I'm and I yeah. know how many two haters are out there, and so I've been kind of rooting on them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but it's tough. I think you know if they can be two and two, yeah, in the first four games and not yeah. get destroyed by Josh Allen yeah. and Burrow, yeah, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. So maybe they could. Uh, Figure that out, but we're gonna we're gonna stick with Miami here because they made a made a cut as well. This honestly should have been in the cut section. Uh, uh, Sony Michelle, mm-hmm. he was picked up. Uh, by, by, who was he picked up by again? The Chargers. Chargers. Uh, uh, Sony Michelle was picked up by the Chargers, but he was released by Miami. Uh, at, at the end of the day, Miami did have a loaded running back room, so it makes sense that one of those guys was gonna have to get cut. Uh, but. At the end of the day, how did you feel about the cut of Sonny Michelle, and how do you feel about the Chargers' move of picking him up in the waivers? Look, man, Sonny Michelle sucks. Like, <laughs> like I just, I, I love it. He had a decent rookie year, but yep. I don't, I don't like running backs that don't offer like anything yep. in the receiving game, mm-hmm. and he really doesn't. He has two receiving touchdowns in his career. That's crazy, man. That's and crazy. his numbers. He's he's had an injury problem a little bit, and he mm-hmm. just kind of his numbers look like they get worse every year. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they got Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, and uh, Ronald Jones. Jones, yep, yep. Is it no? It's no, Chase it's, uh, Edmonds. Yeah, he's been Edmonds. That's Edmonds. right. That's right. Jones plays for the Chiefs. Chiefs. That's right. But um, yeah. So it's not that surprising. Um, you know, I doubt he really gets any real action with the Chargers. He's mm-hmm. probably going to be the third guy there. Yeah. And, yeah, he may get some special teams reps and, you know, get 40, 50 touches on the year unless exactly. there's an injury. Yep. Yeah, and, and I kind of agree, you know. I would say he's a bust. I, I think we're to the point where we can uh, kind of agree on that. It's just 
I mean, when we when I watched him in, at Georgia, and and that year they played Oklahoma with Nick Chubb and, and Sony Michelle in that backfield with Georgia. My God, they were fun to watch. Him and Nick, you know, it's and you hate to see that because. I will I will own this this wrongness that I had about those two running backs. I truly did think that I truly did think that uh, um, Sony Michelle was better going out of college. Yeah. I can't believe I thought that. Now you know you you, you wonder yeah. how I could even think of such a thing. Uh, but you know, uh, we'll see him. We'll, we'll see about old Sony Michelle, and and hopefully he can uh, you know find some action out there with the Chargers and. Hopefully he's not a bust, but I think uh, I think it's safe yeah, to say. I, I would consider him a bust, but at the end of the day, he's not like. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> at the end of the day, who who really truly cares? <laughs> like if you if you have Sony Michelle stock, then you know. Yeah, if you picked him on your fantasy, you you, you made some yeah. wrong life decisions. All right, everyone. Sorry about that little bit of a cut there. Uh, if y'all heard it in the background, Mamba was uh, giving y'all her best impression of singing. Uh, once again, uh, she has a beautiful singing voice, right, Ethan? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's it, amazing. Exactly. So I was just calming her down for a second, and now we're back. She uh, actually was gone a couple days last week to uh, record the mass Singer. Exactly. Exactly. You'll probably see her uh, on there sooner or later. Uh, but, yeah, it was kind of pretty much our NFL little news and uh, cuts uh, for this episode. Uh, so we're going to just kind of have some fun with the rest of this one and, and get into our favorite teams and, you know, kind of break down their season because uh at the end of the day like Ethan said it's it's been a slow week uh that, that week before week one is it's a it's a rough yeah. week for the NFL and look like if people actually want us to we'll talk for an hour and a half about the fifth and sixth string yep. receivers on every team yep. grade which team has the best fourth through sixth yeah. receiver if y'all really want to hear that but honestly yeah like it's it's roster cut week. Like, there's just not a lot going yeah. on. Yeah, and that's exactly that's exactly it. Uh, so, but if y'all do want to hear that, we will <laughs> gladly give it to y'all. So, we're just gonna kind of cut that off where it is, so y'all don't have to hear us talk about these nobodies. Uh, no offense, but let's get into this, man. Our favorite teams, the Cowboys and the Saints. Uh, interesting off seasons for the both of us, uh, um, and a lot to prove. It feels like uh, for both teams and, and both coaching staffs. Uh, um, but we're gonna. I think we're just gonna hit this right on the nail and go straight to your team, the the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, uh, the greatest history in NFL uh, history, uh, and you know, the, and recently the most expensive franchise in the world, yeah, above any other sporting team, and the fan base with the biggest asshole. Yep, it's okay. Listen, you're not an asshole, Ethan. So, uh, Ethan's a good exception for those uh, asshole not Cowboy a, fans. Not a complete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. But let's get into it, man. Like Dallas, how, how are you feeling? And 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 give me your uh. Let me, let's start with our floor here. What is your feeling overall in the season and the floor for this team? Man, so look, I'm a Cowboys fan. I like to think of myself as a realist. I'm not gonna say that they're gonna win the Super Bowl this year. Um, I honestly don't think they're gonna be as good as they were last year. I just think that if you look at their defense, a lot of the stats are going to be really hard to replicate. Like It's kind of like if a basketball team just one night hits 50% of their three. You can't yep. count on that happening. Nope. You yep. know what I mean? That's I like just that. that happens sometimes. And, you know, they gave up, like, a lot of yards. They were just getting a lot of takeaways. And you can't count on 
you know, being top five in takeaways two years in a row. Mm-hmm. So, and then with their receiving core being injured um, early in the year, I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back. But I think their floor, even though they'll take a step back, you know, barring any, like, Dak injury or just Micah Parson, like, just some crazy stuff. Yeah. I think at their worst, they're still going to win around eight games. I said their floor would be around eight and nine. I don't think they'll finish, honestly, worse than second in that division. I would be surprised Mm -hmm. if it was anything worse than second. But, yeah, I think worst-case scenario, they – their young wide receivers don't step up early in the year. Defense takes a step back. McCarthy keeps being McCarthy. Mm. Yep. And, you know, they just struggle offensively and defensively until about midway through the year. And then if the Eagles are as good as some people think they are, you know. You've got y'all's work cut out. Yeah, and then um, Washington might be a little bit better, even though I don't think I don't think Washington or New York will be a threat. But mm-hmm. you never know. One could win six, seven games and just Have get a, a chance. little frisky. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, I think that's the floor. I think – Ceiling for them, honestly, is around twelve and or around eleven and six. Okay. Last year they were twelve and five. Like I said, I don't think they could be quite as good as they were last year. But yeah, I could easily see the Eagles not really quite being as good as people think, mm-hmm. and the rest of the division being as bad as everyone thinks. Yeah. And then the young receivers, maybe you know, maybe they step it up. Gallup comes back sooner than people think. Maybe he's back week three. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get some production. The defense takes a slight step back, but not a huge one. And then, you know, you win the division. You're the fourth seed in the NFC. I think that's their ceiling. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they – right now they're not built to win a Super Bowl. I don't think they're built to make a long playoff run either. But I could easily see them winning the division – making the playoffs as of right now. You know, later in yeah. the year, it'll look completely different. different. But, yeah, you may make some moves and stuff like that. But, yeah, I I try to be a realist. I'm not going to say they're no. going to win the Super Bowl. No, that's – we're kind of hitting that same – I didn't even mention, man, Tyron Smith missing the whole year. That's that's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's a – which they're hosting Jason Peters. I don't think that'd be a bad pickup. No, that wouldn't be a bad pickup. Still, Tyron Smith is a Hall of Famer. Like, it's that's like, going to hurt you at the end of the day. At the end of the day, yeah. You don't want to lose a player like that. And I, it's going to sound like a broken record. I think we're – our prediction's very, very, very similar for Dallas. Uh, I, I think their ceiling and their floor uh, are – Closer than a lot of teams in this league. Yeah, I don't think they're like if they're bad, they're not going to be terrible. terrible. And if they're good, good they're, they're not, not going to be, be the best. You yeah. know, it's like I don't see this team winning fourteen games. Like I'm kind of yeah. sitting at that eleven and six, maybe twelve and five, uh, twelve and five record uh, as their ceiling. Um, to to and their floor. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they'll have a, a negative winning uh a percentage this year. I think they're gonna at least be nine and eight. Uh. I don't, I don't see Dak. I don't see Dak allowing that. Honestly, <laughs> it's just like the guy has you know, made a playoff his rookie year and went through some tough, tough injury, and and then comes back last year. And, and at the end of the day, that team was good. That team was good. Yeah, they were. You know, they were like a, a couple plays away from moving on to the next round. You know. Yeah. I think a lot of it will come down to Micah Parsons and CeeDee Lamb at yeah. the end of the day. I think those two are probably going to be the biggest 
yep. two people. Yeah, it, 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 like you just like that. That exactly the new blood. It's uh, they got to take over in, in, in Dallas. Yeah. It's it's just still Dak's team. No one's questioning that. But Ceedee Lamb is, in my opinion, I've thought this since college, is a generational receiver. In my opinion, I think he is that good. Yeah, I love. I, CD. I think he is so talented with the ball in his hands. It's ridiculous. He reminds me of D Hop so much with the ball in his hands. Um, and almost fat, pretty much faster too. Um, and then Micah, literally the same thing. He, he is a generational talent yeah. on the defensive Micah's end. Crazy, he man. is insanely good. Uh, I, I, me and my friends have been high on him since Penn State. You know, um, and it, when you have players like that, it just feels like it, it's. I don't want to jinx y'all, but it's almost impossible for y'all to just be horrible. You know. Yeah. I think y'all have had y'all's horrible defense. I think that's gone and. You know, hit and gone. I think y'all had y'all's horrible offense when Andy had to take over when Dak was hurt. I think the worst of the worst is gone for Dallas. I, yeah. I don't and, – and, like, we can hopefully. say – Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And we can say these things about Mike McCarthy all you want, but at the end of the day, he's – everywhere he's went, he's won games. Like, he's not been – He's never really had a horrible team. Maybe there's some teams in there that just kind of just underperformed, but yeah. he's never had a number one pick, I don't think. He's never had nothing like that. And, look, dude, I just want to say this real quick, and then, um, mm-hmm. you know, we can move on to whatever. But the thing about Mike McCarthy, he isn't, in my opinion, a great co- – I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. I don't think at this point he's a dude you can win a Super Bowl with. Okay. But – Cowboys fans need to grow up a little bit, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah. They forget how bad Jason Garrett was. Like, You're telling me. That's exactly. Mike McCarthy would have to, like, do something to my family for me to, like, <laughs> like him worse or for me to dislike him more than I dislike Jason Garrett as a coach. Jason Garrett, I'm sure, is a cool guy. But nah. as a coach, man, he was just terrible. terrible. And, yeah, I think Mike McCarthy gets – a worse rep than he should, even though I don't think he's a great coach. Yeah. I think he, late in games, loses a lot more than he wins. Who's worse at late-game situations, Jason Garrett or, or Mike McCarthy? I think McCarthy – I think Jason Garrett's problem was he just couldn't adjust. Did that, okay. I think Mike McCarthy just genuinely freezes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, he hesitates yeah. too much. Jason Garrett was just – Oh, I planned out a week ago what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. and it's you can't do that. No, no. Yeah, you plan it and never change it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I kind of definitely agree. I mean, Cowboy fans, at the end of the day, y'all have not had that generational coach, you know, the coach yeah. that's going to change things, you know, which is so weird when, when you got an owner like Jerry Jones and – how much pull he feels like. It feels like he has around I mean, the league, what do you man. expect, dude? He fired Tom Landry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that may be the reason why. I mean, no coach wants to go to a guy that's going to fire one of the best coaches of all time uh, and Tom. No, I to pretty much just wrap this one up, it's I think the Cowboys, um, I definitely agree when you talk about coaching and, and that probably being y'all's biggest flaw. Um, besides injuries, like injuries happen. You just got to yeah. deal with it. Um, coaching is definitely a big scare. Isn't Dan Quinn still his coach, uh, defensive coordinator though? Mm-hmm. So I like Dan. I think Dan's yeah. an amazing defensive coordinator. I didn't like him as a head coach, but I think he's one of the yeah. best defensive coordinators in the league. So at least you got that. At least you got some oh, yeah. assurance on the defensive end and don't have that other guy y'all had before, Dan. 
Uh, oh, um, the dude, he was the linebacker coach for the Saints. What was his name? Um, 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 God, what was his name? But, yeah, he was horrible. He was so bad. It was yeah, – I remember that, that that was one of the worst defenses of all time. Um, it makes sense that he came from the Saints because we had the worst before y'all took that infamous uh, uh, status from us, um, uh, from our 2013 yeah. uh, through 16 years. We were horrible <laughs> in defense. Oh, my God, Saints fans understand. It's it's crazy to see that we have one of the better defenses in the league now. It's such a flip-flop on us, but – yeah, I think that can just kind of just bleed us in to uh, our, our New Orleans Saints talk here after finishing up on uh, Dallas sure. there. Um, personally, I, I, I'm feeling very similar about this team as I feel about Dallas. Uh, I think our talent in uh, between it was Mike Nolan. That was his Mike name. Nolan. I thought it had Nolan in there. My I, I knew Nolan was in there. You know, my brother. Yeah, I knew that name was in there somehow, but um, um, but. Yeah, I don't hopefully. even know where that dude's at. That tells exactly. You he's probably know. sitting on a couch watching yeah. Sundays he's uh, and Saturdays. Yeah, he's listening to this. Yeah, right yeah. he's now. listening That's to this right now. Doing. That's exactly what he's doing. Uh, uh, but no, yeah, uh, and just to say, like Dallas, uh, you'll never get that worse again. You'll never be that bad again. Yeah. With, especially with Dan Quinn. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, uh, the the Saints. I think we have a very similar roster and 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 path to uh, the playoffs as y'all. Um, interdivisional rival that's good this year: the Bucks, the Eagles. Um, maybe the Eagles aren't the Bucks because they yeah. don't have Tom, but th- we're going to be competing in that division against someone that's going to that's hungry. Um, you never can count out Tom. Uh, so at, at the end of the day, the Saints have a lot of things to prove on offense. Uh, defensively, there's nothing. I don't think I have to say anything besides the CJ move. I mean, yeah. that sucks, but we've got depth. I like Bradley Roby um, as a as a as the guy that can take that spot, and we have a rookie named Elante Taylor uh, from Tennessee. He's really, really, really good. That can um, maybe uh, morph mm. into that role as the season goes along. Um, and but, I don't think they would have made that trade if they didn't think they had. Some. It's what I'm saying. It's like you don't you don't trade that guy. You don't pay. You don't not pay the man unless you know that you can fill that role with yeah. someone else. Um, and, and apparently the biggest thing about him was that he was wanting safety money. Mm-hmm. We were playing him at the nickel, which the nickel money is nothing. Yeah. So, so I get it. I can't disrespect the man for trying to get a bag. You never know when your last down is as an NFL player. So I'll never disrespect a man trying to get a bag um, uh, in the league and stuff, uh, especially in physical sports like football. But uh, to, 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 to just kind of go on to that, uh, uh, we got a lot of proof on offense. I mean, you know, when you have a quarterback like Jameis, 30 for 30, um, when you have a receiver like Mike Thomas that hasn't played football in almost two years, yeah. um, Alvin has stuff looming over him. Um, Chris Olave's got things to prove as a as a rookie in this league, and and, uh, and our whole entire receiving core in general has a lot to prove because it's it's been well known that the Saints for many years have not had skill players to compete against teams, and it feels like. Hopefully I'm not drinking jinxing us. Is that we finally have a, a skills a skill positions that are filled by you know good veterans and good yeah. youthful players. Uh, so to to go into our floor, uh, I'm kind of leaning on how you feel about the Cowboys too. I think our floor is probably eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we'll be there. Um, 
And when I say floored, I, I, I'm kind of attributing um, injuries go into that and and just and new coaching staff um, yeah. offensively. And, and that would be the, the worst of the worst is that the offense never pans out and the defense has to carry us all season, in my opinion. So um, I don't see us going much worse than 8-9 and nine or 9-8 nine and eight as a floor. Um, but as a ceiling, uh, well, first, actually, let me, let me hear your floor before we get into that ceiling uh, projection there. So how, how are you feeling about the Saints uh, in general? And then what's your floor for this team? Well, in general, you want me to say my ceiling too? Or you want me to Hold say off on the ceiling. I got you. I got you. I mean, you know, I'm not a big Saints fan, but I don't dislike them. They're just kind of there. You know what I mean? Um, I think the floor – it's kind of weird because I think their floor, they could be worse than Dallas, but I think at their ceiling, they could be better than Dallas by a good bit. Interesting. Okay. So I think they're where Dallas was kind of at one spot, mm-hmm. wouldn't change that much their floors. I think the Saints changes a lot, but like. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. I think that their floor is just kind of, I'd say around seven and 10. I don't think they're yeah. going to be worse than that, but I could easily see. Camara having another, even if it's not a whole season injury, even if he misses five or six weeks. Or he gets suspended, you know. Yeah. Exactly. And then Jameis, you know, if he doesn't, if he looks more or less like the 30-30 Jameis, mm-hmm. you know, if he's 20 and 15 even. It's like, ugh, just, I can't That just that. ain't going to cut it. Mm-mm. And then, say, Mike Thomas isn't Mike Thomas anymore, yep. and then you – you're kind of in that position where you don't really have a number one because Alave mm-hmm. is still young. Jarvis yep. could be your number one, but he's not an elite number one. You you double team Jarvis, he's out of the game. Out of the I game, mean. exactly. And then, but the defense is so good that even if the offense, I think all the problems that could happen really are all on offense. Yep, I but I think the defense agree. is so good that even if the offense is twenty fifth in the league, the defense. Y'all aren't going to finish worse than seven and ten. I think. I like that. I do, I, I, I'm kind of you know I was debating between that seven or yeah. eight. You know, Mark. and just another thing is I think the Panthers could be kind of good. Exactly. At <laughs> least on offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe you know they might get lucky and win a game against. You know what I mean? Exactly. No, and, and you kind of just talk about that. It's like Panthers. Like we said in the last podcast, the Panthers have a roster that's. Good enough to compete in any, any team in the league, like we said about the Lions. That roster is good. It's just if they can put it together. But uh, you keep going with your point. Oh no, I mean that's it. Yeah, I don't. I think they they have a, a wider range than Dallas, but mm-hmm. I don't think at their floor they're going to be a bad team. Yeah, yeah. But I think at their floor they'll be that team that's hunting for a playoff spot and then maybe gets eliminated. Week 16, yep, something yep. like that. Yeah, they're looking for that seventh spot. No, I, I completely agree because that's where we were last year without Jameis. So, you see that and you're just like, I mean, this team is close, you know. Um, but it, 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 it literally, all of it leads back to quarterback play. And that's pretty much every team in the league. But when you have a team like this uh, who definitely, I mean, no offense to Jameis. I love Jameis and I'm going to support him every single day of the week. But yeah. I mean, he, he hasn't proved nothing to be a, a considered a franchise quarterback like a Dak Prescott, like a Josh Allen, like a Patty Mahomes, a Tom Brady, a blah, blah, blah. I don't have to name these players out for you. It's just he, he has to prove himself. And um, and like like you said, you try to be a realist as a Cowboys fan. And Saints fans are very, very similar. You know, we might not be assholes, but 
I got you. We'll be we'll be dicks real quick if you talk shit about our team, you know. And and and, and I hate that because it, when you look at the Saints team, like you said, we mm. can be good. We can be very good, but you cannot act like that. This is an experiment. You're like this is completely yeah. an experiment uh, uh, to see if this will work out with Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael calling plays now, and and all, all, all this new newness to the Saints is so mm. weird. Because for me. All I knew was Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And yeah. they're both retired. They're gone. I don't get to ever watch them coach, a, coach or play for the Saints ever again. So, it's for me, it's just so weird. And I to be a realist for once and not have that comfort of, yeah. oh, my God, uh, we might have the worst defense in the league, but at least we got Drew and Sean, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now I have to say, well, at least we have our defense yeah. <laughs> to help Jameis. We got Cam Jordan. <laughs> yeah, we got Cam and Demario Davis, baby. Yeah, Let's exactly. go. Uh, but yeah, exactly. In in the kind of lead into this, the ceilings. Uh, I think like it feels like we're reading off each other's papers. Almost, it feels like. Um, I definitely think that our ceiling can be higher than the Cowboys. Oh yeah. Um, just because our roster is so good. It's just about if we can put it together and if Jameis can be that dude. So I'm thinking about – I was debating between that 12 and 5, 13 and 4 mark, in my opinion. Because um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day – It's exactly where I got. It's like if we're if we're competing with the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks are not losing – I mean, they're not winning less than 10 games this season. I think that's yeah. fair to say. I mean, sure, we can probably get away with 11, but I don't know. I don't know if I, you know, Tom's hungry this year. You don't want to play a hungry Tom. But the Saints do have the Bucks number. We do have the Bucks number in the regular season. I will, I will give us that. Yeah. And we play them week two, and I, I am so ready for that game. Uh, but uh, uh you know, kind of just yeah, yeah, hand it off to you, but to just close it out. That yeah, I think we're thirteen and four, twelve and five team at at, at our complete best, healthy, perfect coaching. You know. 13-4, What do you think? Oh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think – and, you know, this is just me trying to keep it real. I think at the best, the offense maybe could be top 10, but I think it's more of like a top 12 yeah. offense at its best. Mm-hmm. But even that, if you have a top eight run game, Jameis isn't bad enough to lose games, and the defense is top three like everyone thinks it'll be, mm-hmm. you're easily going to win 12 games. Yep. Because it's just, like you said, the roster is so loaded. Mm-hmm. And you still got, like, young guys that could step up that mm-hmm. you're not even counting on, that like Zach Bond. Yeah. Zach We've Bond, been waiting on him for years, yeah, man. What if he has a little breakout six-and-a-half sack year? Then it's just like Boom. just we didn't even need him, but now yeah. he's just adding fuel to the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Dennis Allen, you know, um, he didn't look great as a head coach his first opportunity in Oakland, but mm-hmm. – he got the chance to sit a couple years behind. There's not really many people you'd rather sit behind besides Sean Payton. And exactly. Then, you know, there's a chance he could be bad, but there's also a chance they could be good. The Saints are a smart team. I don't think they would have went for him unless they thought this is the best guy for the job, yep. especially when, like, Brian Flores and a and bunch of other people. enemies out there. Yeah. It's like, good Lord. A if bunch he beat of these guys. Available. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think at their peak they could be – Easily the second or third seed in the NFC, and easily could be a game and a half, two games above the Bucks. Yeah, I, I'm 
think we're it's like we're reading like I said yeah. it's like we're reading off each other's paper it's <laughs> it's in in but it's like when you talk about certain teams especially like the Saints and the Cowboys it just there's some teams out there that are like you know they're going to be bad you know they're going to be good like I really sincerely like doubt that um let's just any team out there it's like I really doubt that the that the Chiefs are going to be just absolutely horrible this year. Yeah. I really doubt Green Bay is just going to be the worst team in that division. Yeah, like if Buffalo wins 10 games, that's a disappointment. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And when you have, like, the, the Saints and the Cowboys, and, and you look at these teams, you're just like, mm, man, they, they could be either or, you know? Yeah. It's just like it. however those cards fall. And that's what makes our teams so interesting. And why I thought this segment would be so interesting is that, you know, you don't really know. We really mm. don't know. Um, uh, when, when you have bias like we do, yeah, we love these teams. You know, it's yeah. just like it's like it's hard to just look at it objectively and say, okay, can we win that game? Yeah, we can win that game. Can we win lose that because game? In the back uh, of we can lose that like, game. Man, they could win any game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm over here thinking we could beat every single team. You know, yeah. seventeen and zero. What the hell? Like, why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's just. Literally impossible at this point. So, um, it, it that's what makes our team so interesting and how we're great co-hosts because our teams are kind of very similar spots. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, at, at coming into this season with, uh, you know, highly anticipated. I, I, I'm really anticipating y'all's defense to take a step forward this year. I know y'all, you think that maybe y'all might take a step back early on. Uh, but I think if, if, if the Cowboys are a great team, this season, it will be because of y'all's defense, not yeah. not because of y'all's offense. I think if they're a great, great team, it'll be mostly because of Micah Parsons. Exactly, exactly. He, he'll have to have a, a breakout year, possibly defensive player of the year year. Um, but I think I think that's going to pretty much do it for us today. Yeah. Uh, um, there's not much else for us to say. Like we said, it was a slow week. Yeah. Uh, um, so next week, we'll come at y'all with some, some solid predictions. And hopefully... We're still a little bit on the fence on this one because of uh, scheduling-wise, but hopefully we can get a, a guest in here for the first time uh, since uh, we've made a return. Hopefully it'll be Cole Yuri yes, uh, making an yes, appearance sir. on the, the Pound Perspective to give us his thoughts onto this NFL season and maybe some other sports. We don't know yet because right now it's NFL. It's NFL yeah. and college football. It's time, you know. And to actually hit it on the – to hit our little bit of a – you know, transition out of here. Uh, I did want to announce that the college football board uh, did have a meeting uh, last week to possibly expand the playoff to maybe six or eight. I know you don't watch a lot of football, uh, college football, Ethan, but uh, I, I know you, you you know that there's a oh, fourteen yeah. playoff. Yeah. Uh, don't you kind of agree that this that it should expand? Yeah, I like to keep up with college. I just don't get the. I don't get to watch it nearly yeah, as much as you I work do and in stuff, NFL. exactly. But um, I do try to keep up with it really good. But yeah, I think they should expand personally. I do understand the argument of one of my friends makes the argument to where there's never been a good game between the fourth and the first seed. So what makes it's people fair. think, you know, that there's going to be a chance that a twelve could? But it's like. If once every nine years the ninth seed wins, that's once every nine we years. We need like, that, man. Come on. At the end of the day, like, they're going to – the NCAA is a business whether yep. or not they want to say it or not. Exactly. Look who they got running it. Mm-hmm. So, they're going to do what makes them money. And yep. honestly, if they're going to do that, I wouldn't be – like, 
it's going to happen. I'm not mad about it. I think it's a good idea, personally. I wouldn't be mad if they made the regular season eight games mm-hmm. and got rid of some of these bull crap games. Play where, against the little sisters of the Yeah, poor, where Alabama's man. playing New Mexico State. It's like, like come on, man. Like We know what the hell's going to happen. If you want to have one or maybe two of those on the schedule. Too, That's okay, yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of, you know, see what you got with mm-hmm. some depth and some stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm not opposed to it at all. I think no. it's a good idea. I, and I, co- I completely uh, agree with that. I definitely think you need to start at six, though, and then give it maybe a two-year test run. Yeah, and I like that. Six. Six is not a bad spot to be at because, like you said, the one and four rarely, except the first season, uh, rarely is a good game. Um, but – to kind of make a USC reference here, I mean, uh, I don't know if you watched the Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman fight. I did. I uh, did and actually. that's and that, that is the exact example you think about. You know, Kamara Usman's considered possibly the goat in that, oh, yeah. in that division and one of the goats of the UFC, one of the greatest of all time, and literally a less about a minute away from winning a belt and being considered the goat because mm-hmm. that was his last person that he hasn't defeated twice. Uh, and and then Leon lands a perfect technique of a kick and puts him to sleep. And, and in my opinion, Usman boom. felt like he was winning the whole time. It, it up was until that point. It yeah. was. And, and then you just boom. Yeah. Out. And Leon Edwards is the champion of the world. And and at the end of the day, the UFC needs that, just like the NCAA needs that, which is why you have to expand. Like you said, maybe it happens every freaking ten years. Yeah, but that but that ten year mark them, at least give them a puncher's chance. That's what I'm saying. Fighters' chance. It's like, like, wouldn't you love to see freaking BYU somehow pull off the upset against freaking Ohio State? Yeah. Like just random shit like that, dude. I mean, it's not unrealistic to me to say one year Michigan beats freaking uh, Georgia because yep. Georgia's. Top receiver is out, and yep. their quarterback plays his worst game of the year. Yep. Like something like that. Nothing's wrong with happen. that. Nothing's wrong with that. And that's what we need in sports. We need these upsets. We need these things to talk about. And that's why me and Ethan have a job on this podcast to talk oh, yeah. about those amazing things. But let's digress into the outro, y'all. This has been such a great oh, episode yeah. of the Pound Perspective. Once again, my co-host. Thank you again, Ethan yes, Evans. Sir. Yes, Ethan sir. Red Evans. We're gonna transition into that nickname for him. Oh yeah, uh, old Red. <laughs> but to, to just kind of uh, uh, in this episode, thank y'all for watching. Once again, the Pound Perspective by Nate Bog. Nate Dog. Nate Dog. Not Bog. <laughs> Nate Dog Sports. Uh, if you need to get in contact with me, go through my uh, uh, website. NateDogProductions.com. Uh, if you need to get in contact with me through social media, Nate Dog Sports or Nate Dog Productions on Instagram, and you can probably find me on Twitter and stuff. Uh, Ethan, you got anything else to say? Uh, nah. Um, you know, my Twitter and everything is in the description. Yeah, it so, is. So, you know, if you need to get in touch with anybody, you got it. Uh, it was fun, man. Yes, Next sir. week we'll have more to talk about. But yes. It was still a fun episode. Yes, sir. Of course, always. Thank y'all once again, and have a great day, everybody. This has been The Pound Perspective, presented by Nick Duck Sports. Thanks for listening to The Pound Perspective. If you're interested in joining Nate Dog for an episode or need more information on Nate Dog and his brand, contact him at natedogsports.com. And don't forget to share with friends and family. Thanks again for listening to The Pound Perspective, a breath of fresh sports. Oh.